I probably want to apologize to you here a little bit. I would leave for days. Uh, it wasn't just like overnight or a couple hours. I would stay away for two, like two days. Like I, I just, you know. You know, this apology is being recorded right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. So hashtag late night fight. I think this is great <laughs> because, you know, when Gene and I were talking about like, what's, what's going to be the topic you know, for tonight, um, you know, I, I had mentioned to her, I was like, you know, several of my clients had talked about fighting late into the night, mm -hmm. like two o'clock, three in the morning. And, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I can't do it. It's so tiresome. And, and I, I need to get sleep. And, and I said to them, well, you just need to get used to it because that's, that's actually what happens you know, in a committed partnership, mm -hmm. especially a relationship starts to, you start to invest things, invest time and energy into the relationship and invest vulnerability, things are bound to come up. Okay. And most people don't know that this is what happens. They think that, wow, we're fighting and we're fighting into the night. It means that there's something wrong with our relationship. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fighting in a relationship and conflict in a relationship is inevitable. That is absolutely inevitable. It's going to happen. And every couple out there, regardless of how awesome they look on Facebook or whatever, they have these kinds of incidents and these kinds of conflict behind closed doors. Now, are they able to resolve it, which is what we were talking about early? Are they able to get to a point where they learn from the conflict, right? Because every conflict has a learning lesson behind it. And are they able to heal each other and get to that next level in the relationship? We have talked about relationships being developmental, right? That there are stages that couples go through. And this, this conflict that we're talking about here is part of that learning lesson is part of that developmental stage, you know, that every couple has to go through. It is not, does not mean that there's something wrong with the relationship. Now, if you don't know how to go through the conflict, now that that's different, right? Because now you're not able to actually heal it, right? You're not able to learn from it. And, you know, and, and just like 
There's a saying that says a quiet baby is a dead baby. A quiet baby is someone that's. <laughs> I've never heard that. One. Yeah. It's a baby that's not asking to have its needs met anymore because it doesn't trust. So a lot of times in a relationship, a quiet relationship or a conflict-free relationship, it could be an indication that someone's given up, that someone doesn't want to go through that process anymore. And, you know, the, it, you never resolve anything in the late night fight. First of no, all, no, no, no. You, this idea of going to bed happy and, and not uh, angry. Mm. Never go to bed angry, right? That's the phrase. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's okay because you're not going to sleep anyway. So I yeah. guess that works. <laughs> right. Well, here's the you're thing. Not gonna sleep well. Don't, don't hold yourself to that expectation. Right. Because couples, they feel so bad about themselves. Like, mm-hmm. man, we went to bed angry and everyone's, everyone says that you're not supposed to go to bed angry. Well, there are going to be times that you go to bed angry. That is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it looks real crazy. Yeah. The fight doesn't look pretty at all. No. At all. No. And you went by the time you fall asleep, if you fall asleep, you know, you probably have a pretty restless night. But then your your hormonal structure and your body starts to go through a healing process and those hormones calm down. And then you wake up in the morning and you're probably still angry, but you don't have so much fire in you at that point. If you're really good, we're pretty good. We can actually give each other a cup of coffee. It's kind of like our rule, like, fine, here's your coffee. <laughs> I want to be big enough to give you coffee because we're healthier than that, even though you don't feel like it. And if you're really, 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 really good, you can actually touch your partner. And oftentimes that touch, that holding your partner, even if they're angry and want to push you away, that'll start to melt the softening inside that it, that, that melts that defensiveness that you were feeling because you were in a place of fear, you were in a place of pain. And if your partner, the, the one who didn't initiate the fight, the one who was at the brunt of it. So you think about that. It's literally like trying to hug a porcupine, you know, you're going to your partner and you don't know if they're going to snap on you again and you just, you know, hold them and, and let them know that you're there. And the softening begins And it isn't until long after that, you can actually have that conversation of, hey, what was that? What was going on for you? What were you feeling? What was what was happening? You hold them even if they're like wearing their winter coat and they're (laughs) like, I'm not going (laughs) to be vulnerable with you, you know, because I'm still angry at you. Yeah, that's a secret. That's a secret that they actually want to be held. They don't want to admit it and they don't want to accept it. But it feels really good when you're in that much pain. If your partner's willing to sort of brave, you know, into your energy field and put their arms around you and say, Hey, I still got you. We're still here. You know, we're going to get through this together. So I I don't think just like um, determining whether someone is an alcoholic or not. I mean, this is an extreme that I'm using as an example. Um, You can't determine that based on frequency. Okay. It's really about what you're fighting about, how you're fighting, and whether the resolution is happening, okay? There was a, I think this is a perfect time to talk about um, a study that was done uh, with 2,000 couples, and couples rated their relationship as happy, healthy, or unhappy and unhealthy. And then they were trying to determine whether there was a difference in the way that these two groups of couples fought. And 
they found that there was no difference at all. That happy, healthy couples, unhappy, unhealthy couples fought the same way. They said mean things to each other. They were disrespectful. They threw things, you know, they slammed doors. So the only difference they were able to find between these two groups of couples was that healthy, happy couples made repair attempts. They came back after the fight, after tensions, you know, kind of decreased. And they said, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry about what I contributed to that. I'm sorry about what I said. I'm sorry about what I did. I want things to be different, you know, and they were able to repair that. Okay. And take responsibility for their part in it. It was really the only difference. And so this is not about frequency. It's really about how, right. The, the resolve, the resolution. I would say that you can feel it in yourself. You can feel that if what's coming up for healing is really deep and painful and it's yours and you're getting nowhere with this and, and you can't really contain it, that is the time to seek help. And if your partner is tired of it, you know, and one of you feels like, you know what, this is really unhealthy and we need to stop acting this way. We're not getting anywhere. This is getting really toxic. Our kids are really hurting over it. Yeah. But that is the time to actually seek help because you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what I would say is in a, in a long-term relationship, there's going to be periods of times when, because of some shift, the stress levels are higher and the frequency is more. And so the goal of that is, are you able to get to a point where you can clear off your schedules maybe go away for the weekend and really sit down and have a good heart to heart talk and resolve it, or at least resolve that we don't, we can't do this alone. We're in trouble here and we need help with this. And if we don't get help, one of us is probably going to leave because it is not okay. And those are hard things to determine. Um, And, you know, it's why we did the podcast. We, want to interview couples to say, Hey, do you, do you do this stuff? And people are like, Oh yeah, I do this stuff. You know, it, and so there's this part that's normal. And then the part that gets to be toxic and it's, and it's very frequency it, is a piece of it. But it's the very bigger individual piece, to each couple. Yeah. The bigger yeah. piece is, can you resolve it? Are you able to get to a healing process or are you both really stuck? Yeah. And I think the good news is, is that there is, a way to heal it mm-hmm. and the willingness of both people. And that might be the first stage of the resolution is to say, we, we don't know how to do this. There, there's a couple that just contacted us, you know, to work with us. And, you know, they got to a point where their daughter was saying that, you know, to an outside party, my parents fight all the time. And, and it took that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of revelation for them to understand that, you know, wow, we, we've gotten to a point that we are affecting our kids in a way that they are seeing this. So it's an outside perspective that's showing them that there's, there's something wrong that they are stuck in. It's a cycle and a rut that they continuously repeat over and over and over again. Right. So it's, it's not necessarily about frequency, you know, it, 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 there's a piece in that, but 
you know, most often these late night fights are not about what happened during the day, Mm-mm. right? Or that you didn't do the dishes and I'm tired of you not doing the dishes, you know, and, and I'm just fed up. No, it's, it's really about some emotional echo and some really old wounds that are coming up in the relationship uh, to be healed. And when we're talking about these emotional wounds, these old wounds, we're talking about things that existed before the relationship, before you even came together with your right. partner. That That is, that's going to come up in every relationship, no matter what, inevitably it's going to come up. Now, how couples deal with that and how they handle it, that there's a whole plethora of ways that people do deal with that. Majority of the time, couples deal with it with just, you know, uh, distracting themselves, focusing on the kids, focusing on work, uh, focusing on distractions, just watching TV or, you know, drinking a lot. Um, it's just a way of avoiding something that they need to address in order to reach that next level in the relationship. And I would say from a place of awesome hope is the late night fight is the precursor to leveling up in your relationship. And so every growth starts with a fall. I'd say it's the opportunity, not only a precursor, but an opportunity. Right. Yeah. So if you wanted to jump up on a block you'd crouch down first before you could spring up. And the late night fight is the crouching down. And if you think about the analogy of a transformation, right? Because ultimately it's the beginning of a transformation within a relationship. If you think about the analogy of like going through a tunnel and the, when you walk into a tunnel, all the light is from behind you, from your past. So you're walking in and everything that you've been doing and all you know is illuminating your path at that moment. And the farther you go into a tunnel, the darker it gets. And then when you get all the way into the tunnel where there's no more illumination from the past, the past is sealed off, but the future has yet to reveal itself. And you're sitting in the dark. And it's, you know, some people sit down and have a good cry. Some people crawl, some people get angry, you know, and we, it's scary, it's scary in there. And it really is, when you think you can't stand it anymore, because when you think you can't stand it anymore, that's when you're fine. When your partner finally hears you and joins you in this transformation, because they weren't feeling it while you were feeling it because you, you had, you had the next stage of whatever the development was. And when you think you can't take it anymore, that's when you're going to see the light. You're going to see the light in the distance that you can get to and come out on the other side in the, in the light of day. And I, I really wish we could promise you that there's a softer, easier way, or you don't have to go through this. We have not found it. No, we no. haven't found it in the thousands of people we've worked with. We haven't found it in our relationship. There is, I, I just want to bring this up really quick tomorrow night. Uh, we're doing a class. I'm doing a class. You're doing a class. I'm doing a class. Uh, the spiritual development class on the tree of life. And the tree of life actually describes this. You know, they have this pillar of, they call one pillar mercy and the other pillar severity. And there's a third pillar in the center called equilibrium. And in the pillar of severity is 
like the drill sergeant and the fighting and the conflict. And on the side of mercy is the kindness and the unconditional love and the compassion. And both sides are dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional to be in conflict all the time. And it's dysfunctional to just offer unconditional love and there's a problem. And the goal is that equilibrium in the middle. And it's a just a great analogy for how we go through that. So if you want more information, join the spiritual development group that's tomorrow night and learn about the tree of life, which is, oh, it's such a beautiful symbol for how we go through these kind of things. And, and that applies to relationships mm -hmm. as well, right? And everything that we're talking about are, are actually secrets, right? Is secrets <laughs> that people don't talk about. Right. You know, they don't talk about the late night fight. They don't talk about how often these conflicts come up in their relationship because who wants to admit to other people mm -hmm. about all this, this, this stuff that comes up in relationships and, you know, we, we have seen it enough and we have worked with enough couples to know that this is a real thing and it is a, a common and consistent thing. And, you know, we, we have to bring it out into the light because this is part of processing, you know, in a relationship, getting to a place where, you know, you can, you can understand what is healthy and what is unhealthy and you'd be able to determine how to move into that direction of creating a healthy relationship and moving through the stages to a developmental stage that you can feel more connected with your partner, not less connected with your partner. So I, I think the emotion that you would be experiencing is actually shame. You might be ashamed of how you're behaving. You might be ashamed of the things you said. You might be ashamed of how you've treated your partner. You might feel shame just from being in pain because anytime we feel pain, we experience that as shame. And so those are some indications that say, hey, something's a problem here. And it isn't just, you know, we're tired and we, we need to sleep this off. It's something real is coming up for healing. And, you know, if you've heard anything, you've heard us say a million times, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship. And your partner is the one who's going to help you heal this more than a therapist, hmm. more than a friend, more than your mother, more than any other person on the earth. Yeah. And they may not know how, and, and those are the things you can learn is how to do that, but they actually have to be in that game with you and, and move through that with you because I promise you, they are feeling an equal amount of pain and shame with you. And, you know, for us, I think I'm a runner, so a lot of times oh. the pause happens because I take off. So this is fun because, you know, we, <laughs> we were at the networking event earlier mm -hmm. today and we were talking to somebody about the late night fight. And she said, I'm a runner. And we were like, oh, we know what that is. Right. And so a coping mechanism is to just take off. Okay. And, you know, it's like you have to escape, you know, the intensity and that, that is a coping mechanism. And, and that's, fine and that's okay. Um, you know, we have different ideas and parameters around that in order mm -hmm. to make it safe for the relationship. Um, but as, as far as, <laughs> as far as like your latest hour, that's, that's, that's my curiosity as far as who, you know, everyone out there in their latest hour, um, ours was, yeah, 4am, I think. 
and and I would say it's not even just it's like the fighting ends, but not the feelings. Oh, no, no, no. The feelings, the feelings could go on for days. Okay. And you know, that that's, I mean, we have couples that go on for days. They have like the silent treatment. They're just trying to, you know, you know, couple words about the kids and that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes to talking together, they're just trying to avoid each other. Right. Cause they don't want to inflame, you know, that situation. And so they just want to go and settle things down. Um, I was talking to a client just what, two days ago. And I said, this is like the master class. Like if you're able to ideally connect with what you're feeling in the moment, like I am feeling really disrespected or I'm feeling like uh, really afraid or rejected Okay. So these are very vulnerable emotions, very, and and they're very uncomfortable. And if you're able to connect with that and be able to express that to your partner, oh man, you get a medal because that's like high level thing, you know, high level skill. It's like trying to soothe your baby before they freak out. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to be able to do it. (laughs) Okay. You're going to feel it it's going to be a knee jerk reaction because this is something that's really old and it's coming right. It's being shoved into the present tense and it hijacks your limbic system and your limbic system is going to happen and react to it before your, your, your thinking comes online. And so you're going to be running or you're going to be fighting or you're going to be freezing and all of that's going to happen before you even know what's happening. So that is now what you do after that. Now that's what we're talking about here, right? So you just kind of have to expect the fact that this is going to happen throughout your entire relationship. Now over time, kind of like a a rock in the river, it's going to get worn down. It's going to become smooth. It's not, not going to be as sharp and jagged, it's still going to happen though. And with your partner, if the two of you are learning about this process with each other, then you're going to start to to differentiate and understand, oh, this is my partner's old wound coming up. Okay. And now my role here is not to react. My role is not to jump in and, and be defensive. Okay. But my role here is to be nurturing is to be supportive and try to help my partner heal that. Now, as I said, this is like the master level kind of thing. Okay. I, I would say there's, there's two things that are really helpful. Uh, maybe more than two. One is that uh, you said to me, I'm not the one who hurt you. Yeah. 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 That, you know, that was very, powerful. if I'm in a place and I'm reacting from a place of pain and it's well beyond anything he's done he would say that and it's sort of like, oh, because at that moment, it, you got to think about this archetypally, you're taking on the archetypal role of a, the male energy and, and all of that is being blasted at you. So that's helpful just to say, I'm not the one who hurt you. The other thing is to do your best to absolutely forgive anything that happens in the heat of those moments, the name calling, the judgments, all that, that's all coming from pain and they don't mean it in the same way your kid doesn't mean it when they say, I hate you, you know, (laughs) they don't mean it, you know? And then the third thing I think that is really helpful if you can get there is to, 
if you can, if you can look your partner in the eye and, and take a deep breath and say, I want to heal this with you. Mm, yeah. I want to change this. I'm tired of this, of this fighting. I'm tired of feeling this way. And I want to do something different and I want to do something different with you. So that's, that's activating commitment, right? I am mm -hmm. committing to something different with you, mm -hmm. right? And you're act, you're actually asking your partner to join you in that commitment. And, you know, a lot of times what that does is it jars, it jars that the limbic system response and it kicks in that, you know, prefrontal cortex and the rational thinking to be like, yeah, that's right. You're, you know, you're right. I, I feel the same way and I'm committed to that too. Okay. Now, yeah. just a little bit about that limbic system response. It is designed to respond quicker than our rational thinking. That's just how our brain works. Okay. Now we are able to override that limbic response, but we have to train it. We have to train our brain. Okay. So if, if a fire truck was going by right now and the sirens are blazing, our limbic system is going to immediately respond and our heart rate's going to, you know, uh, accelerate respiration, respiration, accelerate blood pressure. Everything's going to go up. It's designed to do that. Okay. And so when we're in a fight with our partner, everything is accelerated like that. But the fact that you know, our brain, our, our prefrontal cortex can take over. I mean, that, that prevents us from running out of buildings every single time a fire truck runs by. Okay. So we have this, this ability to train ourselves and that in, in a relationship takes time and takes practice takes, you know, as I said, that, that rock in the river wearing over the, the edges and, and the sharp edges, you kind of have to let your partner go. You know, you have to let your partner go through their process and you have to understand what their process is. You know, maybe your partner's process is to kind of isolate themselves, right? Not just, not necessarily just run, but to, I need to be alone. Okay. Or I need to go and do something physical. All right. That's, that's fine. That's great. You need to understand how your partner deals with uncomfortable emotions. And as well as you need to understand how you deal with uncomfortable emotions. And what we're talking about, not just dealing with it, dealing with it in an appropriate way, right? Not just distracting yourself or doing something that would, you know, be disrespectful to the relationship. You know, I think early in our relationship and, I, I probably want to apologize to you here a little bit. I, I would leave for days. Uh, it wasn't just like overnight or a couple hours. I would stay away for two, like two days. Like I, I just, you know. You know, this apology is being recorded right now, right? <laughs> Good. I never have to do it again. And, and <laughs> I'll replay it every single time. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, our youngest son was probably two or three yep. and I'd leave. And, you know, our older son was like 12 or 13. Um, and, you know, it's such self-preservation at that time. And again, I grew up with a lot of people and that was the only thing safe was to be alone. 
and um you know i've slept outside i've gone to the office i've slept in the car i i i'll go somewhere and it's probably not a good idea it's probably not safe but uh again you're in your hind brain and you are like a little lizard and you're just trying to crawl under a rock somewhere and you're not really rationally thinking and you know i, I it's been a while it's even been a while like I would say in the last few years, maybe we'll sleep in different bedrooms, but we don't even really do that anymore. I haven't ran in a, in a while. And, and that's a testimony to the work that we've been doing over, over years. But um, yeah. Yeah. So I just have to kind of jump in here and say, you know, that we don't just teach it, but we live it. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the things that we've learned about relationships is not based on theory. It's not based on the education or the training that we've been through um, and, and not just on the experience that we've had, but also on the work that we've done in our own relationship. And, you know, for those clients out there that might be, you know, kind of viewing this, uh, you've heard us say that we don't assign any homework that we haven't done ourselves. And that is something that we make a requirement of all our staff as well at the lighthouse is that they cannot assign anything that they haven't done themselves because, you know, you have to know that feeling, you know, of change. You have to know that feeling of, of, yeah, of working on things mm -hmm. and not just come from a place of theory, right. But of actually living it. And, and so everything we talk about, you know, in these weekly webinars, in our podcast, in the couple to couple work that we do and working, you know, you, you know, individually with couples, you know, that all comes from our own personal experience in, in understanding what it takes to actually grow your relationship and get to that place where you are, you feel connected, you feel safe. You are not influenced by the rest of the world and what the world says is a healthy relationship, you know, but creating that healthy relationship, you know, for what, what you both need. And, you know, in order to set up the meditation, I, I might've talked about this before, but, you know, I do numerology and the word pain, you know, numerology, just a really brief thing, like the letter A is one and the letter B is two and pain equals a 22. If you add up P, which I think is seven and A eight, I is nine, which is 17 and N is five. Is that right? 22, I get it. Whatever, the, the numbers work. And 22 is a, it, it, it's a master number. So that means a number has doubled itself. So if you think about a piano and you got middle C to the next level C, this is the, the next octave up and it's a higher level. And so pain is the precursor to breaking open a seed that begins to grow. And when, the, when the seed is, is, you know, if you think about it, like, like genes in, in your DNA, it's sitting there waiting to be expressed. And that seed is the next level of growth and the cracking open of the seed that begins a growth process is painful. And the bigger that grows, 
the less pain is associated with it. And so when I say, you know, years ago, the pain was greater and the, the reaction to the pain was more extreme than it is today. And so now uh, it feels so much better. And, and I don't think I've ever felt as safe in the world as I do today or as connected to another human being as I do with Ray. And that, that is a testimony of the duration of time we've been together. And unfortunately, I think when it gets to the pain piece, a lot of people end the relationship because they don't know what to do to get there. And I promise you, you'll never, when you, when you get your entire life set up through a long-term relationship to feel that depth of pain with someone you're willing to show that pain and experience that in front of them, you are in a, a, an enormous amount of potential mm. to grow in life as a human being, whether you stay in that relationship or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think that's a very important point mm -hmm. there, right? Because, <clears throat> you know, every relationship ends. And it's a very controversial mm -hmm. thing that we have said in the past. And most people think that, oh, what do you mean? Every relationship ends up in divorce. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that even if a relationship lasts for 25, 30 years, 40 years, at some point, someone is leaving the relationship even in death. And at that point, the relationship ends. And so we, the, the goal isn't for a relationship to last forever. The goal is to learn everything that we need to learn from our partner with the time that we have with them. And if you're lucky to heal, to heal as much as you can with your partner, because you cannot go through a process of healing all by yourself and your partner doesn't heal. Yeah. If you do, you'll leave the relationship for sure because they're just not growing with you. But th that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is it's both. One can't heal and the other one doesn't. They, you either both, there's two winners or two losers always, always. There's never a winner and a loser. And so, you know, that, I think that's the hope and the message mm -hmm. that we would love everyone to hear, um, in, including the hard work of it. And that's the ugly place that it comes from. And I mean, if you think about an Olympic athlete, any, any fantastic movie you've seen about someone that's really achieved something hard, they went through some pain to get there. Mm. They struggled. They pushed beyond what they thought was their limit to excel somewhere. It is everywhere in nature. It is everywhere in every example that we have. And it's just the pathway of being on earth. And that's everyone's potential. Mm -hmm. yeah. All of our potential. Yeah. You know, it's not just reserved for the select few. Okay. It is something that we all can achieve. And it's all, it's something that all of us are challenged to do in our relationships. And that challenge is put in front of us. And whether we accept that challenge or not, that is up to us, you know, whether we take that choice. Okay. Anything else, Andrew, or should we meditate? I, I, I just yeah. want to kind of jump in here and say, um, because, you know, in the networking event earlier today, someone approached us and said, you know, this is really awesome. You know, what you guys are talking about and, I just can't meditate. Yeah. Right. 
And I said to her, nobody can just meditate. All right. It is something that takes practice, but it is something that brings us so much reward the more we practice it. And especially if we're doing that with our partner. Okay. So don't be so hard on yourself. If you're trying to meditate and your mind takes you in multiple directions, your mind is supposed to do that. Okay. It is, it is a matter of just really connecting with the present. And it is uh, very difficult for our mind to do that. Our mind is designed to go into the future and designed to go in the past. Okay. But the more that you meditate together, the more you're able to really connect with what you're feeling in the moment and who you are in the moment. That is the key. One of the keys really to creating a successful relationship is understanding who you are in this moment and what you bring to the relationship. You know, just to piggyback on that for a second, isn't it crazy that meditation, which means find some stillness and a place to reflect is harder than like hiring a personal trainer and working out or going on a diet or running a marathon or so like nobody ever says I can't do that. Well, maybe the marathon, but they know says I can't work out everyone. And it's amazing because it is, it challenges everything that is physical and human about us to meditate. And it requires us to stretch to a place that is not comfortable and, um, and it is difficult. So we're going to be doing a very, very short, short meditation. So if you would like to, you know, not participate, that's fine. If you're done, you can go. But if you want to hang in there and you want to challenge yourself just a little bit more, you know, uh, find a place around you that you can look at. And if you're with your partner, look in their eyes. And just be aware of your breath. And just say to yourself, I see you. I see you. And I want to be seen by you. I want to heal. And I want to grow with you. And I believe in us. And I believe in this process. And I have hope. And just notice what that does in your body. And if you're not with your partner, you can have these feelings all by yourself to want more out of life and to find the strength to get on the path and do the work. And take a really deep breath and just exhale completely as much tension out of your body as you can. 
and just try to be open to finding the center. And that's it. There's just a level of willingness that we need. And from that, everything else follows. And even to say those words when you're in pain or uncertain are really powerful. So thanks for joining us tonight. So remember that tomorrow night, uh, Gene is doing a spiritual development class. If you guys want to join that, you can join that through Connections. Um, also, we are taking registrations for the weekend intensive. Mm -hmm. So if that's something you want to do, um, jump on it. Yep. It's, it's limited because of COVID, which means it's going to be a small intimate experience. And we're super excited about it to be able to, I mean, you just sat here for an hour. Can you imagine what that's going to feel like to sit in front of us? for oh, Talking about the infusion, infusion <laughs> of love in your relationship. <laughs> so yeah, uh, weekend intensive uh, registration is happening. Um, so you can just go to couplesynergy.com experiences hit weekend intensive. It'll take you right there. Thank you all of you for joining us and listening to couple synergy today. Our passion is in helping couples have a happy and healthy relationship. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.